0: You're listening to a podcast from the South China
1: Morning Post. In just a few days, there will be a meeting in Beijing that will quite possibly change the direction of China in this decade, maybe in this century. It is the meeting that happens every five years in a great whole of the people, Next, to the Tiananmen Square. It is the meeting where 2,296 delegates, representing an estimated 90 million members of China's Communist Party, will vote to endorse the membership list of the Central Commission for Discipline Inspection as well as electing the powerful Central Committee. But that's not what's making this meeting the most closely watched meeting in a modern history of Chinese politics. This year's meeting is expected to cement President Xi Jinping's legacy in the country's history books.
2: Xi Jinping is expected to continue for his unprecedented third time in office. Xi has been the head of the Communist Party
1: in China's military for a decade.
0: Xi Jinping will become even stronger in his third term as General Secretary of the CCP.
1: It's all about China's Communist Party General Secretary, the Chairman of the Central Military Commission, and the President of the People's Republic of China, Xi Jinping. And the expectation that the Congress will give him a historic third term, something that hasn't happened since the era of Chairman Mao Zedong. Hello and welcome to Inside China. My name is Mimi Lau. In this episode, I'm going to explain what we know will happen inside this meeting. But first, let me remind you about some of the things that are making this meeting so important and how both domestic and international events are playing a huge part. This is the first party congress to be held since 2017. That was the year when Donald Trump became US president. That was the year the United Kingdom invoked Article 50 of the Lisbon Treaty, a move better known as formalizing Brexit. That was the year that Xi Jinping received huge applause at the World Economic Forum in Davos for a speech where he championed globalization and declared that remaining isolated would be like locking oneself in a darkened room. And it was also the same year where the 19th Party Congress wrote Xi Jinping Thought into the party's constitution, an honor previously given only to Deng Xiaoping and Chairman Mao Zedong. And here we are five years later. U.S.-China relations are at an all-time low after five years of terrorists and trade war increasing restrictions on Chinese tech companies by the Biden administration, and of course, the escalating tensions over Taiwan. And then there are the issues facing China within its borders. Beijing remains determined to pursue its zero-Covid policies, locking down apartments, neighborhoods, and even entire cities. While the rest of the world, even China's Special Administrative Region of Hong Kong, are opening up their borders and easing social distancing rules and vaccine requirements. Directly related to the mainland's lockdown measures, is an economic slump in production and productivity, as well as a lingering crisis in the housing market. A demographic crisis related to a low birth rate and historic levels of youth unemployment in a year when China has produced its highest ever number of university graduates, now looking for jobs. One of the things that we know will happen during the Congress is the reading out of a political report, where delegates hear a summary of Xi Jinping's achievements during his decade so far as China's top leader. There will be much to talk about, and people around the world will be listening. William Jung is a senior correspondent on the China Desk for the South China Morning Post and has been part of our team, publishing the in-depth analysis pieces leading up to the 20th Party Congress. Before we start about the detail, William, could you just run us through the timeline of this Party Congress? What can we expect over the next week? On the 16th,
2: you will be seeing the grand opening of the 20th Party Congress. But before that, on the 15th, That would be the coming Saturday. There will be a pre-Congress meeting where they will elect the inner circle of uh, the chairman group to lead the discussions, to lead the voting, to lead the uh, election. So that uh, chairman group is quite important uh, in in the sense. So once that is done, on the 16th, we will be hearing from President Xi Jinping himself delivering the report the word report of the 19th uh, Central Committee on the 20th Party Congress. What have we done for the past five years? And uh, here is our report card. Then what are the directions that the party should take in the next five years? That's basically that he will be uh, talking about. We will be expecting a very long speech from him because the previous report was more than 30,000 words. It's going to be a lengthy one. So sit down, have a coffee, and uh, enjoy the talk. And after that, w- uh, the meeting will have uh, different group discussions among the uh, different provincial, different functionalities groups. And you will be seeing the party congress delegates discuss various aspects of the World Report. Uh, most of people will sing a good song for it, but uh, you will be expecting a little bit of changes here and there. And uh, usually the party congress will last for seven days, six to seven days, if past norms still prevails. But this year, due to uh, strict COVID uh, restriction. There has been some speculations that uh, it would only last for like five days. It should be on the 22nd or 23rd uh, this month. That, that should be the wrapping up of the 20th party congress. Then the Twentieth Central Committee will be elected, and then they will be having their uh, first plenum. On that, they will be uh, electing their Politburo. That's the that's the core of party's uh, leadership and the Standing Committee member of the Politburo.
1: William, Saturday the twenty second is that the grand moment that everyone is looking at to see the kind of final lineup he was ready to show the world.
2: Actually, it's either 22nd to 23rd, okay? Uh, no matter what, it should be after the first plenum of the 20th, uh, party, uh, 20th Central Committee. So after that, uh, they will debut the leadership, the top five top, uh, or top seven or top nine comrades that's going to lead the party. The moment of Xi's party leadership will be confirmed, is at the moment when he leads his Politburo Standing Committee colleagues to meet the press.
1: Okay, that's the moment confirming his party leadership. I just want to go into more details about some of the ideologies or some important concepts about the party congress. So, The focus of the world headlines is all about Xi Jinping being given a third term as the leader of China. And we had a clue this was going to happen in 2017 when the charter of China's Communist Party was changed to include something called Xi Jinping thought on socialism with Chinese characteristics for a new era. What exactly is this and why is this so important? First thing first, uh, there are only three party
2: leaders who had... uh, Enshrine their names in the party charter. That's Mao Zedong, where he has uh, Mao's thoughts. And Deng Xiaoping, but Deng Xiaoping is having Deng Xiaoping theory. In Chinese, very subtle context, thought is more comprehensive encompassing kind of uh, omnipresence. But theory, Deng Xiaoping theory is more of just a theory, right? So after the previous party congress, Xi enshrined his name into the party chapter, uh, I think many of the party observers are, are talking about the possibility of the name of his thought. It's a tongue twisting 16 Chinese character called Xi Jinping, Dai, Zhongguo, See, I, I can't even really run through it very smoothly. But uh, that would be further condensed into five characters. That's just Xi Jinping, Siang that will be a very equivalent of Mao Zedong's That's the major step to elevate his thought parallel to Mao. I think before we even start to talk about Xi Jinping's thoughts, there would be a few major things that will come into the party chapter, would be the so-called to establish and uh, to uh, upholding. Oh, there are various ways of translating it, but basically the whole matter is to establish Xi as an unquestionable core leader of the CCP, the the Communist Party, and uh, establish his thoughts as the banner of the future for the party to uphold. That's new era. Many people ask me why there's a new era term. Yeah. Because if you read the par- the press part, uh, party congress reports and uh, the historical resolution passed on the sixth uh, plenum, one thing very interesting is uh, there is a tone of uh, putting all the previous leadership into one era where Xi itself is a new era. Basically, he lumped up Deng and Jiang and Hu together as the reform and up era. So that's the past. For Xi himself, he believed that he is the core leader going forward for the new era. The new era is basically marked by his two uh, centenarian goals. And one thing very important is he, he set the national rejuvenation goal going forward. So the 两个一百年, going forward. So basically he believes that now is the new era when Mao has made the country stand up and Deng has made the country affluent and rich. Now he is the one going to build it into a world power that the whole world should reckon with. So that's the new era per se.
1: William, since we talk talked so much about age and criteria, Xi Jinping himself is 69 years old. Are you getting a lot of questions about who are the likely candidates for Xi Jinping's successors? Yes,
2: we've been asked a lot and uh, uh, we have also asked a lot of people. But the, uh, the consensus obviously is this time we are very unlikely to see any indication of uh, successor per se.
1: Why is that? The main
2: issue is we are not sure whether Xi will just stop at the third term or he's still looking at the fourth term, right? So if he, he will be looking at the fourth term, then what for? He want to have a successor now, where it's more likely where on the 21st Party Congress, let's say assuming that he's taking up the fourth term, right? At the fourth term, that's the time where he's probably running towards the end of his uh, uh, rule, then uh, that would be a better time for him to identify a successor, where that successor will be working with him for five years to learn from him, to pick up from the all the party uh, management stuff to, to go forward. So uh, now it's still a, a bit too early. But having said that, now it's a bit too early, but we should look at those people who are born after 1965 because, or, or even 1968. This would be the group of people who will be young enough till the 21st Party Congress to uh, make it into the Politburo or uh, as uh, China's vice president, whatever. Uh, however, uh, many of the rules have changed. We don't know for sure that's going to happen or not, and for the fact that we do not know whether this will be his third term and uh, will he take up an, uh, a fourth term, we do not know. So, if you uh, if you assume that he is going for a fourth term, there would be a very low possibility that he will identify as a now. As from what we know and what we can see, he's quite healthy, and. Uh, given the kind of medical care they have, they can go a very long way, actually.
1: So, William, I, it, it sounds like the fact that he has not lined up a successor or there hasn't been any clue for a likely successor, it's a telling sign that Xi Jinping might be looking at a fourth term.
2: Maybe. Maybe yes, maybe no. We, The fact is we don't know. But uh, what we can say for sure is we will probably be seeing another decade of uh, Xi Jinping being China's leader or being the top influencer of Chinese uh, politics. That's almost a certainty now.
1: Okay, thank you very much for your time. We look forward to what's going to be unveiled this coming weekend. Mai Jun is an editor of Our China Desk, based in our Beijing bureau and has been filing stories in the lead up to this party congress meeting. Mai Jun, welcome. Thanks for having me. What is the atmosphere on the streets and in the subways of Beijing right now, in the lead up to the Party Congress?
0: There's uh, absolutely a higher level of uh, security presence on the streets of Beijing in the past month. Actually, I think it's became pretty obvious after the uh, Mid Autumn holiday, and basically we could see a lot of you know police cars parked in the key uh, uh, intersections. And the closer you get to the uh, core areas, which is the Tiananmen Square and the Chang'an Avenue, paramilitary police is also, uh, they are also uh, everywhere, though we do not know uh, for sure, like what's the distribution of work between them and the police. But I think the signal is very clear to everyone living in Beijing is, you know, um, don't make any trouble and it's important for the party.
1: Do people talk about these things? Why are there increased presence of the parliamentary military police, or is just something acknowledged and we don't really talk about it?
0: I think for anyone who has lived in uh, Beijing for more than five years, they are very used to this kind of. Uh, uh, heavy security presence, especially during these uh, important political meetings. Um, but uh, this year uh, might be somewhat different because this year would be the first party Congress held after the beginning of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. You know, most of the world has been completely open. Um, You know, they've opened their borders, they've lifted all the uh, travel restrictions. But in China, uh, the travel restrictions actually have gotten tighter uh, this year because of growing amount of tools that the authorities could use to uh, track COVID patients and their close contacts. So in terms of uh, restrictions on COVID and travel restrictions is actually uh, uh, heavier than the years before.
1: As we have heard already, the information about what will happen at this meeting is being very tightly controlled um, from the people you have been speaking to. Do you have any clues about what will be the main policy discussions at the Congress?
0: I think the party has made it pretty clear or they were they are trying pretty hard to convince everybody that there will be no major policy shift uh at the 20th party congress and uh you know from this very limited information disclosed by official uh readouts uh, we can see uh, you know they are trying to say they will continue on almost every major policy uh, laid down five years ago, the Belt and Road and the so-called new development mode. They're trying to tell everybody that there will be no major surprises. But I think a lot of people are uh, closely watching if there are any major change to the zero COVID policy, because this is a somewhat recent thing. But I think the party has tried to uh, convince everybody that, you know, just don't count on major uh, relaxation on COVID after the 20-party Congress. And that's why, uh, in this week, just days before. Uh, Beijing kicked off its party congress, we saw a couple of commentaries by the People's Daily justifying why zero COVID is still necessary and needed uh, for China and why other countries who do not stick with uh, zero COVID, you know, suffer a great losses in, in life and their economies. So I think they are trying to convince us, you know, that there will be no major change of the zero COVID policy.
1: So, my one of the major aspects of this 20th Party Congress is that the number of senior members of Xi Jinping's government who have reached the unofficial retirement age of 68, you wrote a story about this recently. Can you give us some insight about the more senior members facing retirement?
0: Yeah, sure. First of all, the uh, this age of this unofficial unre- retirement age of 68 is something that's never written down in any uh, party papers or in, in any regulations. It's just a kind of pattern that has been there for the past 20 years. And a brief description of the rule is if you are a Politburo member, uh, you have to go once you reach the age of uh, 68. But if you have not reached that age, you could still go, but you are qualified to stay, I mean, if you meet other uh, standards as well.
1: So obviously, my Jun, this informal norm that we talked about just then does not apply to Xi Jinping himself, who is 69 years old.
0: Uh, That's correct. I think the party has made it pretty clear that he's almost indispensable in Beijing's efforts to make China modern and make China strong. So, He's well expected to stay on despite the fact that he has uh, reached that unofficial retirement age.
1: Okay, so who will be retiring for sure that we know based on educated guesses?
0: Uh, first of all, we're never sure, but uh, we think it's if we're uh, talking about members of the standing committee, the seven-man uh, decision-making body, Li Shu, the, the head of the NPC, and Han Zheng would, would mostly be retiring. And in the uh, 25-strong Politburo, uh, except for Xi, uh, 11 members have uh, already reached the age of 68. Uh, They are expected to step down as well. They include some of Xi's closest ally, like uh, Vice Premier Liu He, who was in charge of the trade talks with Washington, and his ally in in the PLA, uh, Zhang Yuxia. So most of these guys are expected to step down. Uh, However, uh, the case is a little bit special for the senior diplomats, because Yang Jiechi, who is now a parliament member, he's 72. He's expected to step down, but Wang Yi, who uh, who's already 68 and is now China's foreign minister, is uh, well expected to be promoted uh, to the Politburo to take over Yang Jiechi's job as the Communist Party's top diplomat. So maybe a special case would be uh, spared for Wang Yi.
1: So, Mai Jun, the number two of the Politburo Standing Committee, Li Keqiang, who is currently our Premier, he did uh, say that he would not uh, continue with his position in March. And what does the prospect look like for him?
0: First of all, uh, there is uh, in the Chinese constitution, there is a two-term limit for uh, Premiers. So uh, uh, Li Keqiang is well expected to step down as a Premier most likely in next march which is the government's uh, uh, reshuffle but in the 20th party congress uh, still uh, not clear to most people whether li keqiang would stay within the standing committee of the politburo which is in reality, the most powerful uh, body uh, in China. Uh, He's young enough to stay, he's 67 this year, so he has not reached the uh, unofficial retirement age at all. But um, because a lot of these norms around the uh, top level politics has been changing swiftly under uh, President Xi Jinping, so if Li Keqiang could stay, the most likely job he would take will be the head of NPC, the head of the uh, National People's Congress, which is China's legislature. He either take that job or he would just completely fade out from the public.
1: So when would the public actually get a clear picture of the official lineup of the most senior decision makers of
0: China? The party has not yet uh, confirmed the dates, the actual closing date of the Congress. But if history of, is of any use, um, such Congress usually lasts for a week. And a new lineup of the Politburo Standing Committee would usually be out on the exact day of the uh, closing day of the Congress.
1: So what we are really interested to find out from Hong Kong is that how would you guys cover this in Beijing with all the ongoing COVID measures. Can you talk about some of the challenges, some of the strategies, plans you have got with colleagues in our newsroom in Beijing? How are we doing it this time? There are
0: definitely a lot of challenges. Uh, I'm less sure about whether we have a clear strategy to um, manage these challenges. So apparently, just like any major political events in the past two, three years, the uh, this Congress will be subjected to very heavy uh, COVID restrictions. So t- uh, the uh, Congress will kick off on Sunday and to cover the opening ceremony on Sunday, we'll all need to check into a uh, hotel arranged uh, by the party uh, on, on Friday night and we'll be subjected to quarantine for a day and we'll do multiple PCR tests on COVID There's another interesting thing this year is that uh, the reporters are put into two different hotels just next to each other. And they will be bused to where the meeting takes place, which is the great hall of the people on the opening day directly from the hotel under what is called a closed loop management what's interesting about these two hotels is i think the intention of setting up two hotels instead instead of putting us all in one single big hotel is that if any one or two reporter uh, were tested positive if there's an outbreak in one of the hotels then the other hotel could still you know uh, uh, carry out the functions for the uh, Congress.
1: So normally, when the Congress um, is approaching to it, the end, Xi Jinping would be walking out to a stage. Behind him, there will be a lined up of the new leaders picked for the P.S.B. What will happen for this
0: year? Again, this is the first uh, Congress held um, under these heavy COVID uh, restrictions. I cover uh, both the 18th Party Congress and the 19th Party Congress, and in both cases, uh, hundreds of reporters can wait in the room where Xi Jinping would appear with the rest of the um, Politburo Standing Committee. But this year, I think it's very likely that the reporters would be put in a different room, in even a different building, uh, watching a large uh, screen where she would appear with his comrades.
1: Well, my dream sounds like you and the team will have a very exciting time ahead for the next week. We'll be watching for your coverage and analysis on scmp.com Best of luck. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. That's all for this 20th Party Congress edition of Inside China. We've got some pretty awesome infographics and special analysis on our website at scmp.com under the banner 20th Party Congress to help you to get a better understanding of what's about to happen and its implications. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SCMP We'll be back in about a week's time with more reports and analysis about Xi Jinping's new government. Bye for now.